Hello, everybody, and a happy 2022 to you. This is Charts with Dan, the first charts of the new year. As we've been doing for the last few weeks, I want to thank the presenting sponsor for today's show, Carbon Health. I'm happy to be partnered with them because they are committed to finding affordable and reliable health care. You can download their app and find a Carbon Health location near you. And a reminder that if you're in need of COVID testing, especially at a time right now when at-home testing is in very short supply, Carbon Health has administered over 1.5 million COVID tests, and they're able to provide that service to you at one of their locations. Normally, we'd be talking about week one of 2022's box office, but we have a weird quirk of the box office schedule that we're going to talk about in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, sadly, I wanted to take a couple of moments to acknowledge a couple of folks who passed away over the holidays. One is someone who I did not acknowledge during last week's episode, and that is director Jean-Marc Vallée, who passed away on Christmas of an apparent heart attack. He is a multiple Emmy winner for the HBO series Big Little Lies, also an Oscar nominee for Best Director for the movie Dallas Buyers Club, which won Academy Awards for Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto. He also directed the HBO series Sharp Objects, as well as The Young Victoria, an Oscar winner for costume design, and Wild, which earned Oscar nominations for Laura Dern and Reese Witherspoon. And just over the weekend, sadly... A few days shy of her 100th birthday, we also lost Betty White, who went from a beloved comedian to a national icon in her later years, and also was able to navigate staying relevant across decades more than just about anybody else that I can remember. She was the last surviving main cast member of two classic sitcoms, both The Golden Girls and The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and she was on countless other game shows, starting back with Password in the 1950s through Match Game in the 1970s, also any number of television series Saturday Night Live she was all over the place just it seemed like people loved Betty White more and more with each passing year there were already celebrations in line for what her 100th birthday a lot of those celebrations will continue as a tribute in her memory and not only was she a beloved actress a beloved comedian a beloved figure she was also a tireless advocate for animals and their rights whether it was advocating for local zoos or American Humane uh, guide dogs for the blind you name it Betty Betty White was always there for friends on two legs or four or however many. Even though she was approaching 100 years old, she had such a timeless quality. And so it was that extra, at least for me, kind of a a gut punch on New Year's Eve when I saw that news come in. I know many have said that it is sad that she was not here to see her 100th birthday, but at least there are already occasions for people to celebrate her life and her legacy. So I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge both of these artists and the legacies that they leave behind. Let's turn now to the box office this past weekend, and this was kind of like a box office leap year because this was not the first box office weekend of 2022. So as we're tracking how the box office does versus last year, we're not going to start off this weekend, and that's because technically this was the 53rd box office weekend of 2021 because it started on Friday, December 31st. This only happens every few years, so technically the box office year does not start until until next Friday, and that's when we'll start tracking everything. But the result was exactly what we knew it was going to be. Spider-Man No Way Home with just over $56 million. And yet again, I noticed that this is this has been a trend ever since it came out uh, a few weeks ago. Sony will release one set of projections on Sunday and then release another set of projections on Monday that are higher. So even though uh, this movie's been out now for three box office weeks, uh, they are still up 
the projections. It was more than was anticipated uh, from the box office receipts. We'll take a look at where Spider-Man No Way Home stands in several different areas in just a moment. Sing 2 in its second week makes $20.1 million, not replicating exactly what the first movie did, but in many ways uh, doing something similar where it opens and it's kind of in the shadow of another larger film, but still racking up some grosses. It's not going to be near the gross of the original film, uh, but still doing fairly well. The Kingsman in its second week moves up to number three with $4.5 million. An American Underdog moves up to number four with just over $4 million. Those are both estimated numbers as of the time I'm filming this, and that's because The Matrix Resurrections drops to number five in its second week with $3.8 million. It is obviously by far going to be the lowest grossing film in the Matrix franchise. And a lot of people, especially after last week's show, were saying, well, now, wait a minute. You can't, you know, draw an inference on this because of HBO Max, etc. Yes, it's true that the box office gross is likely lower because of HBO Max. However, there are plenty of movies from Warner Brothers this year, including Dune, that have opened in even less ideal box office circumstances and made more. So you can't chalk up uh, the gross of Matrix Resurrections here just to the fact that it's available on HBO Max. We also talked about this last week that it didn't particularly blow people away as far as viewership numbers on HBO Max either. This is sort of a going out with a whimper as far as this experiment that Warner decided to do with this day and date thing. They're going back to supposedly releasing things uh, with an exclusive theatrical window in 2022, although they haven't ruled out doing this again with select movies in the future. It's really hard to make a judgment on the success or failure of this HBO Max experiment because we don't know the back numbers as far as how many subscribers did each film bring in, what does the bottom line look like there, but I think it's safe to say that uh, it does show that there is a sizable and 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 measurable difference in the box office for films that are available on streaming day and date for any number of reasons. People watching at home on the streaming service, which is what HBO Max wants them to do. People watching at home because the movie's pirated easily, which is not what HBO Max wants you to do. The number of movies from Warner Brothers that have disappointed financially, including The Suicide Squad and The Matrix Resurrections uh, and any number of others, I think probably outweighs the number that have done well at the box office and there are any number of reasons for that Uh, but it will be interesting to see as an industry where everybody kind of pivots after this year because um, you know as far as the box office goes it certainly was not a great experiment of course the bean counters and everybody looking behind the scenes at the streaming service will be able to take it from there and that's something that we're not privy to. So let's look at where Spider-Man No Way Home stands in a couple of different areas. The first one is the highest grossing MCU films. And we talked about this last week, uh, where it could potentially end up. It's now only about $10 million behind the Avengers to become the fourth highest grossing movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That would leave it with only Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther to get to number two. It will not be getting to the Avengers Endgame number. But again, that's uh, that is a threshold I think most people would be happy to be a second behind Avengers Endgame in just about anything. And we'll talk about the trajectory of this movie and where it might ultimately end up. When we look at these Sony Pictures grosses uh, adjusted for inflation, it has worked its way into the top five. It knocked Tootsie off of the all-time list and is now at number four. Again, it will very soon pass both Spider-Man, the original Sam Raimi film, and Ghostbusters, 1984's Ghostbusters, to become number two. And it looks like it's on track to pass Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, So Sony will be able to say that Spider-Man No Way Home is their top grosser domestically, no matter what. 
And then looking at the Spider-Man franchise, as with the all-time Sony numbers, No Way Home, just $10 million or so, about $13 million from passing Spider-Man, which it will do. So this will be the unequivocal box office champion of the Spider-Man films domestically. No inflation adjustments, etc., that you can throw at this movie. It is going to be the champion of all time. And then it also passed another milestone this past week, which is that it dropped Incredibles 2 out of the box office top 10 all time domestically. So now you see here on this chart, Spider-Man No Way Home is now one of the 10 highest grossing domestic films ever made at $613 million. And it looks to make up a lot of ground on this list just in the next week. Star Wars The Last Jedi and The Avengers, it will likely pass them either today or tomorrow. Then Jurassic World and Titanic. It's very likely that by the end of next weekend, it's going to be past Titanic. And then we're getting into the area again of Avengers Infinity War. That's going to be a line with a lot of uh, different ramifications as far as where this falls on a lot of different lists. If it can top Avengers Infinity War, it'll become the fifth highest grosser of all time. If it can top Black Panther, it'll be the fourth highest grossing film of all time. That's about where the range is as far as where this movie is going to settle. And I actually kind of charted this out a little bit to see what it's on a trajectory for as far as its final growth. So if we look at this chart here, the blue line is Star Wars The Force Awakens, the dark blue line. And you can see, uh, it's also interesting to see just how these movies did. That's the one that kind of goes up uh, Avengers Endgame actually started above it and was tracking ahead of, of Force Awakens for a couple of weeks until basically its uh, third weekend at the box office and then Force Awakens uh, overtook it. So the blue and orange lines at the top are the Force Awakens and Avengers Endgame. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is not going to overtake either one of those. However, look at that middle line, the green line. That is Spider-Man No Way Home, and it appears to be on a trajectory unless it slows down considerably to outgross both Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. Now, we will see. Black Panther was a very leggy movie, as we say, and uh, we don't quite know uh, the, what the legs on this movie are going to look like with the box office, with the uh, news about Omicron, etc. out there, how many people are going to stop going once the holiday season is over. Spider-Man No Way Home is going to start slowing down now because people are back at work, people are heading back to school. The question is, how fast is it going to slow down? But if it continues on its trajectory as it is right now, it looks like it could be enough to top Black Panther and become the fourth highest grossing film of all time. It's funny though, look at that gray line at the very bottom. That's Avatar, which is currently the third highest grossing film of all time domestically. And it just goes to show you uh, it's almost kind of an old school way of getting to the top of this chart, which it was for a while. Um, you, you see, it did not have those huge grosses in its first couple weeks. It was just a slow and steady wins the race type movie um, as it went and went and went for week after week and in many cases month after month. But if Spider-Man No Way Home continues to roll out as it's rolling, then we are going to see it become the fourth highest grossing film of all time domestically. We will see just how that turns out. Of course, we're going to keep track of that here on the show. I'll likely do a little bit more extensive of a box office wrap-up of 2021 as we get a little further into the new year and more numbers come in, but there was something I wanted to look at that showed just how important both Spider-Man and the MCU were uh, to the movie-going business domestically this past year, and also just how little of the movie income is actually coming from original films. Uh, this is a pie chart of the total 2021 domestic box office by the type of movie, so you can 
see here that Spider-Man No Way Home, just on its own, constituted 13% of the total 2021 domestic box office take for the entire year. And then when you throw in other Marvel films, so those would be the other films in the MCU plus Venom, Let There Be Carnage, that was a further 17%. So Marvel properties alone contributed 30% of the total domestic box office. The Marvel family of properties brought in more money than all of the other original films in 2021 combined, 30% to 29%. You see there at the bottom films that would be categorized as sequels, reboots, or remakes brought in 41% of the total domestic box office. So 71% of 2021's domestic box office take was either Marvel films, sequels, reboots, or remakes. Other movies, aka original films, films not based on properties, or films that were based on properties, but it was the first time, things like Clifford the Big Red Dog, etc., those only brought in 29% of the total box office revenue. So when people say, well, why are the only things that get made sequels, reboots, remakes, and Marvel films? Well, that's what's bringing in the money. If more people went to see the big original type movies, then you might see more of them. Uh, but that's just not the way that it felt, particularly this year. In a year of recovery, it seemed like people were going to see the quote-unquote safe bets, which were the franchise movies, and were opting not to see the original films in theaters. We'll see if that trend reverses itself in 2022. Let's look at the per theater average for this weekend, and it was once again Spider-Man No Way Home in 4,206 theaters, brought in $13,320 per theater, so continuing to be a very happy holiday season for theater owners. When you look at the more limited release films, these are movies that were in 1,000 theaters or fewer. Licorice Pizza remains at the top in 786 theaters, bringing in 1.2 million. It has now been in release for six weeks. The Indian film 83 in 419 theaters remains in second place with 663,000. Red Rocket in its fourth week of release remains in third place at 336,000. Then we have Come On, Come On in 26 theaters with a $31,000 gross and Parallel Mothers in just three theaters with a $30,000 gross. So still not the kind of robust, limited release type uh, atmosphere that you would see, especially around awards season. And that's largely because A, adult audiences, older audiences, I really should say, are much more reticent to go to the theaters and they're generally the crowd for the kind of awards movies that come out. And B, so many of the awards movies are now being sold to streamers or like The Tragedy of Macbeth with Apple TV Plus are in theaters but are also going to debut on screen on streamers and so their box office results are not being released publicly. That's why you're not seeing the kind of robust box office specialty-wise as you would want to see. And of course, there are a lot of the art house type theaters that are going to want to see that trend also reverse itself in 2022. Let's take a look at everything that's outside the domestic market. Uh, this is the international market. The Chinese film Embrace Again, actually the number one movie internationally with $83.9 million. This is a comedy film. It is set uh, during the COVID-19 lockdown in Wuhan, and it's from director uh, Lu Shui, who directed My People, My Country, which earned nearly half a billion dollars in China a couple years ago. It just beats out Spider-Man No Way Home with $78.3 million. Then at number three is G-Storm, which is the fifth film in an action franchise. The previous movies were Z-Storm, S-Storm, L-Storm, and P-Storm. So if you thought that the Fast and Furious franchise was tough to keep track of, this one's even tougher. They're not even in reverse alphabetical order. I mean, if you switched L-Storm and P-Storm, then maybe, but but I, how in the world do you keep track of that? I don't even know. 
Perhaps we should be uh, thankful for our Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fate of the Furious, and Furious 7s, and Fast 5s, and what have you. At number four is Another Me, which is a Chinese comedy with $27.6 million. And in fifth place internationally, Sing 2 with $17.2 million. Looking worldwide, so this is the combination of the domestic marketplace and the international marketplace, Spider-Man No Way Home is once again the highest grossing movie worldwide. It pockets another $131 million just this past weekend. Embrace Again is at number two. G-Storm is at three. Sing 2 is at number four with $36.8 million. And Another Me is at number five. So the same five movies internationally, just with a bit of a mix in that order when you throw in the domestic marketplace. Looking at Spider-Man's worldwide numbers, uh, it has taken a few different positions. We talked about this last week. It is now the highest grossing Sony Pictures release of all time worldwide with $1.3 billion, very soon to be $1.4 billion. It takes that crown away from Spider-Man Far From Home, which is now in second place all time, followed by Skyfall, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Spider-Man 3. So another number one metric for Sony to talk about when it comes to Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is a chart that may very well change it's not a slam dunk, but it may very well change by next week. This is the highest grossing films of all time worldwide. And Frozen 2, if Spider-Man No Way Home continues to perform the way that it's done, will either be replaced on this chart next week or the week after as the 10th highest grossing film of all time as Spider-Man No Way Home starts making its way up this chart. So currently right outside the top 10, but not for long. As you can see, the other films on this chart, number 9, Furious 7, number 8, the Avengers number seven 2019's The Lion King I was I I completely forgot that it made that much money worldwide it's insane to me that that is one of the 10 highest grossing movies of all time Jurassic World at number six Avengers Infinity War at number five Star Wars The Force Awakens at number two Titanic at number three Avengers Endgame at number four and because of a re-release last year in China Avatar and its reclaimed spot as the highest grossing film of all time worldwide at 2.8 billion so Spider-Man No Way Home obviously not going to sniff that side of the chart uh, but could very well start moving up this 10 through 6 side Uh, and if something should happen if the skies should open up and Spider-Man No Way Home gets a Chinese release then you could see a very hefty additional revenue bump there there's just no indication that that is going to happen. Looking at the 2021 list overall, let's look at the 2021 domestic box office. Ghostbusters Afterlife jumped over Free Guy and is now the ninth highest grossing film of 2021 domestically. Free Guy now at number 10. Uh, Sing would be the other movie, or Sing 2, I should say, that is threatening to jump on this chart that could unseat Free Guy for that number 10 spot. A Quiet Place Part 2 at number 8. No Time to Die at number 7. Eternals at number 6. F9 at 5. Black Widow at 4. Venom let there be carnage at three shang chi and the legend of the ten rings at two and then a huge gap and we have spider-man no way home the number one film of 2021 domestically looking at the 2021 worldwide box office nothing changes since last week except for spider-man no way home racking up its margin of victory as i mentioned now close to 1.4 billion dollars worldwide the battle at late shang jen remains at number two followed by hi mom no time to die and f9 rounding out the top five Detective Chinatown 3, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Godzilla vs. Kong, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Eternals make up the rest of the top ten. 
Before we look at what people are watching on the streaming charts, I always like to do a box office flashback. And I mentioned that this past weekend was kind of like a box office leap year and that it was the 53rd week of the box office year. Let's go back to the last time this happened. It was December 30th, 2016 through January 1st, 2017. That saw Rogue One, a Star Wars story, at the number one position with $49.6 million in its third week, and Sing, the original Sing, in its second week at $42.8 million. So very similar to what we're actually seeing repeat itself five years later, where we have a big dominant movie uh, at number one, and then Sing racking up a healthy gross at number two. Although, as I mentioned, not quite as big a gross for Sing 2. Then at number three, the Jennifer Lawrence Chris Pratt movie Passengers. Remember that one? In its second week at $16.1 million. Moana, which was really one of those movies that just uh, wrecked shop throughout the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas back in 2016 going into 2017 at number four in its sixth week with $10.9 million. And then at number five, the Brian Cranston, James Franco comedy, Why Him in its second week with just over $10 million. As always, before we go, let's check out what people are watching at home, and we will start with Amazon. Venom Let There Be Carnage at number one, and you'll see that I adjusted the abbreviations, so the R next to these movies means rental. No Time to Die at two. Spider-Man Far From Home at number three. The Amazing Spider-Man at number four. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, available for premium video on demand at number five. Free Guy at number six. Spider-Man Homecoming on the chart at number seven. F9 at number eight. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 at number nine. And Sing, I guess people wanting to relive the first movie before they went to see the second one at number 10. Looking at the iTunes charts, you see again, I have uh, kind of redone these abbreviations. So the BR means buy slash rent. And all of these movies are currently available for purchase or rental. So No Time to Die, number one on iTunes, followed by Let There Be Carnage, Spider-Man Far From Home at number three. The French Dispatch, which saw its rental window opening, comes onto the chart at number four. The Last Duel at number five. Free Guy at number six. Spencer at number seven. Spider-Man Homecoming at number eight. Oscar Isaac in The Card Counter, another movie that saw its uh, purchase and rental window open, is there at number nine. And then at number 10, I think because uh, many people remembering the late Betty White, The Proposal coming into the chart at number 10. Uh, a lot of press and a lot of remembrances of her back and forth with Ryan Reynolds, uh, which was part of this evolution of Betty White, the fact that she took so well to the internet era, the viral video era. So a lot of people choosing to rent the proposal and uh, re-watch one of her most famous film performances. Before we go, let's see what is tops on the Netflix charts. And remember, these are delayed by about a week because these are now provided by Netflix and they provide us with the number of hours watched. So this is for the week of December 20th to December 26th, so Christmas week. The Witcher Season 2 remains easily the number one most watched program on Netflix with 168.4 million hours watched. But right behind it is the Netflix original movie, Don't Look Up, with 111 million hours watched. And then the second season of Emily in Paris with 107 million hours watched. Emily in Paris, uh, the show that helped to take down the Golden Globes uh, because its nominations last year certainly cast people on a critical eye of the Golden Globes and the fact that uh, there was a big event that was uh, thrown for Golden Globes voters. Uh, anyway, it's back for its second season and it comes in at number three. The first season of The Witcher stays at number four with 60 million hours watched, followed by Money Heist Part 5. It drops down two spots 
with 33 million hours watched. The Queen of Flow season two comes in at number six. The Sandra Bullock film, The Unforgivable, uh, the biggest dropper of the week. It drops down five spots to number seven. Hobbs and Shaw, another movie that's not streaming on Netflix domestically, but streaming elsewhere, uh, is at number eight with 26.5 million hours watched. Then the Netflix original movie, Back to the Outback, at number nine. And The Silent Sea, season one, jumping onto the charts at number 10. When we look at just the 10 most watched movies on Netflix, Don't Look Up is the most watched movie by a factor of about four over its next biggest competitor, 111 million hours watched over The Unforgivable with 26.6 million, then Hobbs and Shaw at 26.5 million, Back to the Outback at number four, Spider-Man Homecoming streaming outside of the domestic marketplace at number five with 20 million, then The Christmas Chronicles at number six, Red Notice still on the chart at number seven, A California Christmas City Lights and a Netflix original at number eight. The Christmas Chronicles 2 at number nine. And at number 10, this movie has kind of gone on and off the charts uh, for the last few weeks. A Boy Called Christmas, another Netflix original aimed around the holidays with 9.1 million hours watched. And finally, the 10 most watched series on Netflix, The Witcher Season 2 is at number one, followed by Emily in Paris Season 2, then The Witcher Season 1, Money Heist Part 5, and The Queen of Flow Season 2. At number six, The Silent Sea Season 1, followed by The Girl from Oslo Season 1, and then Emily in Paris Season 1. So I guess people wanting to catch up with what Emily was doing in Paris last season. Then at number nine, 15 weeks on the chart, Squid Game Season 1, still one of the 10 most-watched series on Netflix globally, followed by another Korean series, The King's Affection Season 1, in its third week on the chart. And that wraps it up for this week. Coming up this weekend, it looks like it's going to be another Spider-Man weekend. There's only one new film that's opening domestically. That is the Simon Kinberg film, The 355, starring Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, Diane Kruger, and Penelope Cruz. Even though that is a new film, I'm guessing Spider-Man is going to once again be number one. It probably won't give up its crown until perhaps the week after this one when we see Scream hit theaters. Uh, another big movie just two weeks into the year. But that's not until a ways down the road. So I think we've got one more week at least for Spider-Man No Way Home to be the number one film in theaters. Thank you so much for starting another year here with me. I will start tracking the official 2022 box office season right here on the show next week, as well as continuing to chart Spider-Man No Way Home and anything else that happens to come up. If you want to see even more of what I'm up to, you can check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dan Merle. And if you like watching the show here on YouTube, but you want to take it with you as a podcast, you can find all of those links down there in the description below. I release everything I do here on YouTube in audio form as well. So if you prefer to take things on the go, you can do that. Once again, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Carbon Health. Check the description below for more information about Carbon Health and what they stand for. And thanks again to them for being part of the show. I hope we all have a happier and safer and healthier 2022. And stay tuned here on the channel because I've got some fun ideas coming up. I know that the movie release schedule is starting to slow down just a little bit. Uh, but there are some really fun ideas that I can't wait to do here. Thank you for a great year here on the channel, and I hope to do even more with you uh, this upcoming year. Stay safe, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Join 
us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.